Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keynes will clear it up. It's Aho with a break on Shesterkin. Aho shoots and Shesterkin beats him with the right pad. Rebound out in front. Backhand chance put on by Taravainen. Shesterkin knocks that one away. Oh, two A-plus efforts from Carolina. Shesterkin makes the save on Aho and the follow-up on Taravainen. Rangers back with it. Tyler Mott shot and it gets through Ronta and they score. Two A-plus chances from Carolina. The Rangers go back the other way, and Mott gets one through Ronta, and it's a 1-0 Ranger lead with 12.38 left in the first period. Zabanajad makes a move to work his way in, puts a shot on, and it gets through Ronta, and they'll score. Mika Zabanajad has now scored a goal in four straight and has put the Rangers up 2-0 in this one. Jarvis is one-timer. That's deflected. D'Angelo at the side of the net, and Shesterkin gloves that one with 15 seconds remaining in the power play. The Ranger net for Svechnikov. Now comes out in front. Quick shot put right on, and the save is made as Niederreiter was alone in the slot, and Shesterkin got a pad to that. Back into the Ranger zone. Kokaniemi puts one out in front. Loose puck side of the net, and Shesterkin sprawls and will take that one away from Mario. Jarvis will pick up the puck. Jarvis goes one on three, gets it to Ajo, back to Shea. Shea shot, he scores! Brady Shea with a quick snapshot, and the Canes with a quicker answer. They get on the board here in the second period with 14.55 deep. Now Ajo on front for Jarvis, and Shesterkin found a way to get that one out. Now Taravainen keeps it in. Now Shesterkin, that should be a penalty as Shesterkin knocks down Jarvis. Are they going to call interference on Jarvis or Shesterkin? And Ajo has some words for the netminder for the Rangers. Ryder out of the corner. Centers one for Panarin. Panarin snaps a shot and he scores. 13 seconds left on the five on three. And the Rangers will take a 5-2 lead with their second power play goal of the night. And the horn goes. And some pushing and shoving afterwards. And now Ryan Reeves and Brendan Smith want a piece of each other. The linesman not letting Reeves get a piece of Smith. And Smith isn't backing down. They're chatting with each other right now. As the temperature shot up a couple of degrees at the end of this one. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Cades Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. That didn't go according to Hoyle. Hurricanes lose 5-2. Game 7 Monday night. PNC Arena. Well, at least it's uh, at PNC Arena on Monday night. If it were at Madison Square Garden, it might, uh, might not end the right way. But at PNC Arena, well, who knows? Nothing matters. Nothing matters from what happened before. Every game is a singular entity. It is interesting, though. The Hurricanes are 7-0 at home and 0-6 on the road. Wow. All right, we've got a lot of things I want to get to. Brian LeBlanc, Canes Country, is going to join us in about 10 or 15 minutes. Anyway, uh, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, You can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Roofing, siding. Darling, you send me. I know you send me. I have no idea why Sam Cooke showed up, but heck if I don't like that song. (laughs) Oh, we need a little levity. Maybe I'll just play Sam Cook rather than talk about this hockey game. <laughs> oh, my word. 
All right. Did I get through the entire uh, aluminum company read? Online, aluminumcompany.com, free, no obligation estimate. Sammy Hanna's is great. Sam Cook's pretty good, too. Oh, man. Could have been so different. It could have been so different, right? In fact, in many ways, here's the game. Keynes will clear it up. It's Aho with a break on Shesterkin. Aho shoots and Shesterkin beats him with the right pad. Rebound out in front. Backhand chance put on by Tara Vinen. Shesterkin knocks that one away. Oh, two A-plus efforts from Carolina. Shesterkin makes the save on Aho and the follow-up on Tara Vinen. Rangers back with it. Tyler Mott shot and it gets through Ronta and they score. Now Zibanejad makes a move to work his way in. Puts a shot on and it gets through Ronta and they'll score. That's it. Right there. Incredible chances for Carolina. They don't go. Shesterkin makes great saves on Ajo and Taravainen. Tyler Mott, Mika Zibanejad, soft goals, game over. It's not game over. But ultimately, when you look back in kind of in the rearview mirror, that's the game right there. Carolina could have easily gone up one nothing, Easy. Different game. The chances you don't get, I tweeted this out during the game. The great chances that don't find the back of the net on one end, and then Charmany goals on the other. I'm going to defend Antti Ranta on the first one. Not going to defend him on the second one. First goal, which I know looks like the softest. I think you could argue that he was sort of, he didn't get any help from Brady Shea. First of all, you're in the shooting lane, block the shot. Don't turn, don't turn to the side, because that's what Shea did. Just go down. Go down and block the shot. Or just skate out straight on. Don't do what you did. Don't turn a little bit. Can't have that. And maybe Ronta saw it the whole way. It's it's a soft goal either way. But was it soft all on 32 or was it soft partly on 76? As for the second goal, that was the worst. That was the one that can't go. I mean, it's a power play goal, but it's not a real power play goal. It's It's a power play goal off the rush. And he, maybe Aho should have tried to check Zibanejad off the play, but Brett Pesci was right there. Pesci played it well. Pesci forced Zibanejad wide. Um, it's a sharp angle. Should have been a harmless shot. And Ronta's pads were so far apart, and the stick was off the ice. I mean, all Zibanejad did was slide it through the five hole. I mean, there wasn't even, he didn't deke him or anything. He just slid it between the pads, and there was a giant gap. That was the worst of the goals. And frankly, I don't even think it's close. But to me, this game came down to goaltending tonight. First time I've, first time in the postseason, Carolina lost a game because they lost the goaltending battle. First time. They faced good goaltending before, right? They faced good goaltending before. Shesterkin has been excellent. He was excellent in game three. You know, the Hurricanes gave up a couple of goals. I don't think they lost the game because they're, they, you know, the goaltending didn't play well. You know, you got beat by Shesterkin, but I don't think you necessarily lost. Although I thought in game three, to be fair, I thought both of the goals were stoppable. Tonight they lost because they allowed soft goals. I like their game otherwise. Carolina generated a lot of chances to score. They did. I didn't like. I didn't love them in the third period. I didn't love the third period at all. Third period became uh, very little five on five. Um, the third period was played almost half on the uh, on special teams. Is eight minutes and seventeen seconds of special teams time. In the third period, Carolina needed it to be a five-on-five period where they ultimately, uh, maybe they get a third goal to make it 4-3, and now you've got some real game pressure, and maybe Carolina can uh, sneak it into overtime. 
Uh, but from the Jacob Slavin double minor on, it was just a special teams disaster. Not necessarily bad, although it was bad. Power play wasn't good in the third period, and of course they allowed the power play goal, the five-on-three goal. I'm going to get to why it was a five-on-three goal in a minute. Um, but ultimately, the from the Slavin penalty on, it was just they weren't going to win the game. Um, Carolina was, I mean, they were good. They were good in the first two periods. I, I know it. It it doesn't seem that because they trailed two nothing and then they trailed four two, but other than they gave up bad goals, I mean the 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 one that made it three nothing. I don't really blame Ranta on. I mean he didn't play it well, but I don't blame him on it. It was a two on one. The uh, the fourth goal, Kachetkov needs to stay more upright. You know, he left room in the upper part of the goal, and Hedl flips it backhand. It goes off Kachetkov's shoulder and in. But really, that play was made possible because uh, Hedl beat Brendan Smith out of the corner. It was just all bad. <laughs> it was all bad, in, all bad around the net. Third defense pairing was bad. Tony D'Angelo wasn't good tonight. Car- Car- Hurricanes had some players that weren't very good, but for the most part, I liked their game. They generated so many good chances. They generated, at 5-on-5, 19 high-danger chances, according to Natural Stat Trick, through the first two periods. 19 in the first two periods. Just couldn't get them to go, really. So, this was the game that came down to goaltending. All right, I'm going to slam the brakes on... uh, talking about the game and the the chances and the goaltending. Up front, I love Ian Cole. He is one of the best dudes ever. But this is the second game in a row where Ian Cole committed a dumb penalty. The cross-check, I even forget who we cross-checked in this game, just inside the blue line, was unnecessary and that created the five-on-three. That was while Slavin is in the box, Panarin hooks Aho to negate two minutes of that power play. Now, the Rangers are still going to have another minute of a power play because Slavin's in the box for four minutes. Aho gets hooked by Panarin uh, with about three minutes left in the power play, so there's going to be one more minute of Ranger power play. You got through the first minute, You needed to get through that last minute and survive four minutes of Ranger power play, which should be deadly. And Ian Cole takes a cross-checking penalty. And all I could think of was, you dumbass. You can't do that. Now it's going to be a five-on-three, and I don't know how long the five-on-three was for. It didn't matter. Artemi Panarin scored. But I'm going to go back to game five. Carolina, similar to this game, chances. Shesterkin making saves. Then you get the shorthanded goal. Stall to Trocek at the end of a good power play kill, by the way. So it was a double whammy. You get the, uh, the, the energy and the adrenaline of killing the penalty, and then you punctuate it with the shorthanded goal. And... Two minutes later, after Jacob Truba lines up Ian Cole and tries to drill him into the bench and misses. Truba missed Ian Cole. Cole still retaliated. And I just couldn't believe it. Ian, he missed you. He swung and missed. You threw an EFIS pitch. Look, up, look it up, people, if you don't know what an EFIS pitch is. You threw an EFIS pitch, and he swung and missed. And then you drilled him with the next pitch. What are we doing? Rangers score on the ensuing power play, and it's 1-1. You end the period. You should have been, should have felt great, should have had the lead. Now you don't. Look, if the Rangers don't have that goal overturned, ugh, we might be, we might be done tonight. 
So, Ian Cole gets in these runs where he takes dumb penalties. Let's hope that's over. I don't anticipate Cole coming out of the lineup. I don't anticipate Brendan Smith coming out of the lineup. He was also not good tonight. But they both got to be better. And Ian Cole has to stay out of the penalty box. So does Brendan Smith, by the way. But they got to stay out of the penalty box. And Carolina has to stay out of the penalty box against the Rangers. They were good in that department against the Bruins in Game 7. They got to be good in that department against the Rangers on Monday night. I'll say it right now. Two or fewer. That's it. Do not. Do not think that the Hurricanes are going to win this game if they're in the penalty box three or more times. You are just rolling the dice. You better score four goals then. If you're in the penalty box three or more times, you better be scoring four. Because the Rangers will get scores. They will get they will they will score goals if you give them power plays. That power play is lethal. The Hurricanes penalty kill right now is struggling. They struggle to clear the puck out of the zone in game four. Can't do that in game seven. But Ian Cole, please. I love you, man, but my gosh. That was bad. Uh, we saw Peter Kachetkov tonight. I don't think he was awesome. Uh, we will not see Piotr Kachetkov in Game 7. We will see Ante Ranta. If you're asking, well, maybe these, this would be the time to go to Freddie Anderson. No, it is not. Now, I'm not saying that Freddie Anderson won't play against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But Freddie Anderson is not playing Game 7. You're not... Freddie Anderson's first game in the playoffs is not going to be Game Seven. That I, I just I just can't. I mean, maybe, but I ju- I just I don't see it. As we bring in Brian LeBlanc, contributing writer, Kane's Country, it occurs to me that you are the problem. No, I'm I, I'm not the problem. You, You're the problem. You no, no. are the problem. The Hurricanes have not now, won would, no. with you on the podcast. That's not that that is true. But it's not like I'm it's not like I'm the one texting you saying I need to come on the podcast. Right. So if it but wasn't I do for that before you the game. reaching out, it doesn't matter. It's your fault. It's not you can't my blame fault. Me for something that someone asked me to do. This is on you, Gold. No, this is your fault. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Have a great night. <laughs> oh, I hope people are, are laughing. I do. I, you know, I, I don't know how many people are. I don't know how many it's people right. are. They're people, we, know that the, we know that the two of us are laughing, so that's all that really matters. That is true. Uh, Kane's Twitter was, was in rare form tonight. It was in yeah. rare form. And you know what? Yeah. Uh, as it turned out, they were right. Hurricanes, uh, you know, they, were, they, they had a chance. You get to the third. Oh, yeah. Get to the third period. If you get one, it's it's a different hockey game, and they really never got to it. And Slavin ends up with a four minute penalty, and I thought the call was right. Whatever, I got no problem with it. Uh, I still don't understand uh, why. The, like, I get why Tony D'Angelo. I'm just I'm starting at the end here. Brian LeBlanc, mm-hmm. contributing editor, uh, contributing writer, Canes Country at BD LeBlanc on Twitter. Um, I understand why D'Angelo gets a penalty for right. flipping the puck into an empty net. But what I don't understand is why they blew the whistle with the Hurricanes. Well, because, the Hurricanes had possession because, of the puck. Oh, Coach Yemi was offside. Okay, they blew it for tripped. offside. Okay. Yeah, well, it was it was a dead play because Coach Yemi was tripped, and that's why Miller went to the box. And so D'Angelo firing it into the empty net actually nullified a power play. And right. You can argue whether or not that's a good thing, given how the power play's been. But, you know, you'd rather have a power play there and play four on four. Yeah. I thought their first power play tonight was okay. Um, maybe I even their, a couple of them. Maybe their first two actually were pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. No, they, I thought they were pretty good. The, the, Jarvis is really good on the power play. I really like him on that top unit. And, he, you know, if I nothing like him else is going. Oh, yeah, I know. But if nothing else is going on the power play, it's kind of nice to see him, you know, trying to make something happen. And, and credit to the Rangers. They've done, they obviously have scouted the Hurricanes power play. Not that it's difficult to scout a power play that's as anemic as the Hurricanes has been this postseason. But 
there aren't a lot of passes available. And when they do get one across the ice, they tend to bobble the puck or yep. fumble it or, you know, double clutch on a shot or something. You know, the, the timing just seems just that little bit off. And the Rangers penalty killers are fast enough that they can kind of pounce on it and, and get the puck out of harm's way. I mean, more than anything, that's what's costing the Hurricanes is that they're, they're, they're not able to get it from point A to point B clearly. Well, I also, I mean, I hate to tell people who know better than I how to do their jobs, but um, there's no one-timer anywhere on the power play. We've got righties no. on the right, lefties on the left, and there's no one-timers available. They're also not using uh, uh, the low-to-high pass. I think the Hurricanes have been there at their most effective on the power play when they're playing from out from behind the goal to the bumper. Yeah, there's I agree no with low that. to high. Yeah, there hasn't been low to high this entire postseason. Well, think about think about the goal that Ian Cole scored to win the game um, a couple weeks ago. That was a low to high pass, and I remember that was you know that was that was actually no, I, that was a block that shot. Was the other game. Right, but that was the other game that I was on the podcast on, and they won. So I'm I'm one I'm one and two. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, I don't believe but, you. Uh, you can you can look it up, um, but but Cole came Cole came down behind the net and then you know kept the play alive and came back to the point and it was a low to high shot that that got that got through and, and won the game for the Hurricanes. So yeah, I, I I do think that there's something missing on the power. I mean, there's something missing on the power play forever. It seems like, right. um, but you know just the, the the things that they're trying clearly are not working and i don't get a lot of i don't get a big sense that they're willing to try anything out of the box to try to make it better well like i, 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 I realize that i realize that 90 some games into the season is not the time to try to start no, trying new things now would be a but, good time but it would but it certainly can't hurt i mean there's nothing that there's nothing that they're doing right now that indicates to me that, you know, it's just a, a, a lucky bounce away or, you know, anything like that. This is, this is systemic, and this is something that's been a problem, you know, ongoing for years in some cases. And the, the quality that's on the ice when they're on the power play is good enough that this shouldn't be that much of a struggle. And the fact that it is, and it's, it's costing them games. I don't want to say it cost them tonight's game because it didn't, but it certainly could have helped them. Was... It could have helped them, yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't even know if this is the right um, use of the term. I don't want to bury the lead here, but uh, power play was bad. Uh, again, I think they could, have, uh, they, they could have gotten something out of the earlier power plays, um, but it's not why the final score was 5-2. to two. No. No, it's not. Um, and it's not. and honestly, the very beginning of the game was the indication that this was going to be a difficult one. Mm-hmm. You have the Aho breakaway, great save by Shisterkin. Uh There's a follow up chance, another good save by Shisterkin. and then it goes the other way, and Tyler Mott's very just average shot leaks through. Now. Um, it's not a good goal. Ronta can't allow that goal, but also could have gotten some help there from Brady Shea. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Brady Shea either go down and block the shot, right? You're there. Right. So or get out of the way. So block the shot, not, not, or get out of the way. I don't want him to get out of the way. Um, or, or just stay square. He kind of like, I don't want to get on Brady Shea too much here, but I, I coach a, uh, a challenge, or, or used to, uh, coach a uh, challenge uh, 14 and under soccer team. Uh, and when our players play defense and they turn their back and they jump up in the air and like, nah, man, get in the way. Get in the way. Yeah, well, when I, when I, say, when I say get out of the way, I, I mean that, I think that Ronta probably would have had a better play on the play. I think there was a miscommunication there between him and Shea. I think that he was expecting Shea to block the shot, and when he didn't, he didn't have time to react to it. I don't think but he I want saw the up. shot right off the shot. No, because I think he was thinking that, that Shea was going to do something yeah. with it to deflect it before he got to it. That's why I said get out of the way. You know, let, let the goalie be square to the shot 
and Shea was kind of caught in no man's land there. He wasn't he wasn't far enough out of the way that you know that that Ronta was square to it, but he wasn't close enough that he could do anything with it. And all he really ended up doing was screening his goaltender for a split second, and that was all he needed. But I want to back up to something else that I noticed early in the game, and you know maybe it maybe it's something that stands out more in hindsight than anything else. But the very first shift of the game. Um, Ronta lost a rebound that, that bounced up in the air, and Jacob Slavin yes. uh, baseball batted it uh, out of out of harm's way. I mean, that was that was probably going in the net. Ronta had no clue where that puck was. Correct. And I, I, you know, I didn't really think anything of it at the time. But when you see something like that combined with the types of goals that he was allowing tonight, you know, I'm not saying this to, to dump on Auntie Ronta, who's been fantastic this postseason, but when you see a goalie do something like that, you kind of wonder, you know, maybe this just wasn't their night. And tonight very clearly was not Auntie Ronta's night. Right. Um, and they don't really have another option because... No, they'll be fine. Off. I got no problem with Auntie Ronta uh, I don't either. Monday. And I don't have and I don't have a problem with Rod pulling him. In fact, I might, Rod wouldn't have done this after the second goal. I, can, I thought about whether or not he would have done it after the second goal. I definitely thought that if they, you know, what ended up happening, I thought before the second period was what would probably end up being the case is if the Hurricanes gave up a third goal, regardless of how good or bad it was, Lanza's night was probably done because you can't risk him, you know, especially in what that game devolved into in the third period, you can't risk him getting run and then you're stuck going with Kachetkov in game seven. So, you know, I, but even, even back to the second goal, I thought there was a possibility that, just to make sure that he could maintain, you know, Ronta's health more than anything, that Rod would pull the trigger, not because he's giving up on it necessarily, but just as a as an asset management thing more than anything. And the second goal was worse than the first goal, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The uh, like, if there, there's maybe some criticism to go around. Uh, maybe Aho should rather than reach play try you know try to check. Zibanejad off the puck, but again, he's just coming in with speed. Pesci's right there, um, and Pesci forces him wide to a difficult angle, and the only thing I could say is that maybe Ranta's expecting a pass across, but for that puck to slide through a giant... It wasn't a 5-hole, it was a 55-hole. It was <laughs> yeah, massive. Looked like looked like one of those gigantic holes on like a mini-golf tournament. My where- Gosh, the size, you know, the size of a dinner plate or something. No, I thought the same thing. And and credit to Mickey Zibanejad, who had a great he had a great move to get around uh, the defender in the first place, um, and and sold shot to kind of freeze Ronta before he put it through. But man, keep your stick on the ice. That was, it was that's, that's, that's goalie one hundred and one. Yeah, that's that. that's that's by far the worst goalie allowed. Uh, I, you know, uh, obviously the first goal is no good, but. Uh, second goal was worse. <laughs> Third goal, I don't, I don't blame him. Um, no, you know he's hung out to dry by the third defensive pair uh, for this for the second time not, on the same did shift. Not have a good game. Ooh, this Ooh. was not the best of Ian Cole and Brendan Smith. Speaking of Ian Cole, I just I, I didn't do this on uh, Thursday night because, and by the way. What a run of Kane's country contributors. I know, right? <laughs> Andrew Andrew Schnitker, Talia Goodman, and Brian LeBlanc in three consecutive podcasts, an embarrassment of riches. But I didn't As Capital Broadcasting would contact us. We might have a sponsorship deal going here before long. Could be. Could be. Um <laughs> I didn't do it on uh, Thursday night because they won the game and there were a lot of other good things. So mm-hmm. I didn't beat Ian Cole over the head, but I'm going to retroactively beat Ian Cole. And I love Ian Cole. He's one of my favorite dudes. Um, But to take a cross-checking penalty in retaliation for Jacob Truba missing you (laughs) and going into his own bench has to be the dumbest penalty I've ever seen. It's up there. It is absolutely up there. I mean, the one tonight was dumb. A cross check, like, I, that was just a cross check in front of the referee when yeah. you didn't need one. It was, oh, uh, it was dumb. But it wasn't as dumb as cross checking a guy who tried to check <laughs> you into the bench and missed. 
<laughs> I was so mad at that with a one nothing lead after a shorthanded goal and playing well and all the momentum, and you just I, – I nearly said a word I'd have to edit out. Uh, mm. And you just peed on it. I said it anyway. Mm-hmm. Just we, we knew where you were going. You, we knew where terrible. you were going. No, I, I, I – a part of me wonders what needs to happen for Ethan Bear to get in the lineup. But then at the same time, I don't think you throw him in there cold in a game seven. I think you probably come back with the same six again. You know what I think but, has to happen man, for Ethan Bear to get in the lineup? An injury. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. <laughs> I think if, I, well, put it this way. I think if, if this game had happened to Cole and to a lesser extent Smith in game two rather than game six, I think you'd probably see Bear in game three. But you can't put him in there in game seven. Not not in this situation. Yeah, he's, but he's not, you know, but, he's but not better have, than either guy right now either. That's uh, the problem, right? But 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 if you're going to be all about accountability, that's now two right. games in a row that Ian Cole has made boneheaded plays, and you know you could only you can only cover that up with an overtime game winner for so long. Um, well, you could it, play. Just, by the way, you could play uh, Ethan Bear in game seven. I'm not I'm not saying you can't play Ethan Bear in game seven. Uh, what I am saying is that the third defensive pairing, uh, I would be stunned unless Carolina's running away with it if the third defensive pairing combined for more than twenty minutes. I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, and you know, and that's that's assuming that you don't have a situation like you had tonight where Jacob Slavin's in the box for four minutes, which was you know as close yeah, well, to a sign of the apocalypse he, as you he can and get. Cole can kill penalties, so uh, yeah, I got well, no problem with that. But. <laughs> But but the Hurricanes writ large are not very good at killing penalties in the series. Uh, so not, there's that. No, not in the uh, not in the postseason. They're they're one of the worst in the postseason. Of course, you know you get to the postseason, you play elite power plays. Uh, power plays on the road have been, uh, you know, for, rather at home for the other teams uh, have been really really good. Boston's power play was elite at home and. The Rangers' power play has been elite at home as well. They did get the one as well in game uh, in game five, but they've they've allowed five power play goals in this series. They allowed six, I believe, in the Boston series. Yeah, and and you know that kind of leads us on to the whole home versus away thing. And I know it's a thing. I know it's a uh, a narrative, and I I just don't understand why the last change makes such a difference because clearly it does and they can downplay it all they want but a team with this much quality it shouldn't matter who Jordan Stahl's lined up against on any given night Sebastian Ajo and Tavo Teravainen are two of the most elite penalty killers in the league you know they are a threat to score on any penalty kill they are clearly good defensively but for some reason it just falls to pieces when they get on opposing ice. I don't understand it. I can't put my finger on one reason. I can't identify three reasons. I, I can't come up with a single one. Why this team is so ineffective on road ice. It, well, just, here's the, it boggles the mind. I, I really don't believe they've been that ineffective. Like, they for the first two periods tonight, forget about the third and the 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 devolving, you know, into mm-hmm. into a penalty machine. But in the first two periods, I think you could argue that Carolina was the better team. Um they Shesterkin You could I, I don't know if I'd go that far, well, but I'd say I, I think I, like it's I said, say they played with a draw at You could I'll argue you it. Look, Carolina didn't get good goaltending tonight. No. Now neither of the first two goals should have gone in. Carolina, but then you have things like Ajo hitting the post on a breakaway. Again, the third post he's hit in two games. I mean, What, in the first period? Yeah. No, that, that was a save. No, that, that, that was a save. That, that was, was, a, save. That was a, a blocker uh, a yeah. blocker save. That was a great save by Shesterkin. Uh, but it's just like they get into these, they just get into these mindsets where so, so everything but, just kind of compounds on each but, other. But, the, but my, my point is that tonight it was about, like the game really was who had the better goaltender tonight. And it was Shesterkin by a lot. That was mm-hmm. the game. Uh, everything that happened after the, really after the first period. Um, I mean, it was, like, I didn't hate Carolina's game through 40 minutes. Like, no. in, in game four, 
I know I might be the only person who thinks this, but I didn't think Carolina, I, I thought there was no difference really between the two teams except in two areas, and they were big areas. Car- the Rangers' power play was really good. Hurricanes was not. And the Rangers took advantage of the chances that they had, and Carolina did not. Carolina was right there. If Pesci scores, and I think he should have scored in the first period, different game. Um, who was it? Tara Vinan had the pass across, didn't go. Uh, and then Natchez just whiffs uh, on, an, on a wide-open net. He just he, he, he missed the net to the, to the far side by, oh, I don't know, 12 feet? I, right. It's inexplicable. He's a professional hockey player. How does he? How do you miss by that much? Uh, Carolina had chances to impact Game Four, and they were arguably better than the Rangers in Game Three. Um, so, look, it's hard to argue with the fact, right? They haven't. There are things missing when they go on the road. I don't think it's mm-hmm. last change. I think in Boston it was last change because yeah. when Bergeron, Marchand, and whoever. Right. Well, or whoever didn't have to play against the stall line. Uh, right. It's a completely different animal. But, of course, in New York, uh, look at what Zibanejad, Kreider, and whoever's playing with them haven't done in New York anything. Right. Well, and, and Zibanejad has always been a Canes killer. I mean, he's the, he's, he's the proto-Martin St. Louis yep. in a way. Um, he's, he's on that list of guys that just has murdered the Hurricanes over the years. And it's, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it, it, I think I do feel it's more coincidental in this series than it was in the Boston series. In the Boston series, you could point to one specific thing as being the reason that the Hurricanes were less effective on the road than they are than they were at home. And like you said, it largely boils down to Patrice Bergeron, who's one who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. The Rangers, I mean, no, no disrespect intended to our Terry Panera, but he's not. You know, he's he's not. Patrice Bergeron don't have a player like that. And so I, I guess it just, you know, our, our minds just aren't conditioned to just chalk this up to, to coincidence. We want there to be a scapegoat. We want there to be the easy answer. And that easy answer just isn't there in the, in in the series. And I don't see any reason why if the hurricanes, I agree with you, they play the way they did in the first 40 minutes and they avoid giving up soft goals. They have every reason to go back out and win their eighth straight playoff game at home. There's no reason they can't. I mean, they play the same game as game five and they'll be fine. But do you want your series? Do you want your season coming down to 60 minutes against no. the odds on Vezina favorite no. who very well that, might win the Hart Trophy? That's why I don't. That's why tonight was so important. And it was unfortunate that what really was a good first period, Carolina outplayed the Rangers in the first period and trailed to nothing. It was so disappointing because of that, um, because you allow two really bad goals. Uh, mm-hmm. it, the, the hurricane, the way that period played out, Carolina should have been ahead to nothing in the first period and they yeah. trailed. And like it's, it damn, <laughs> That's my that, that that's what that's my answer. Damn. But you know what? Uh the Rangers are have been throughout the playoffs incredibly opportunistic. Um they have their high end is flat better at scoring than Carolina's high end, whether it's Zabanajad, Kreider, who has not had a, a done a ton in this series, Panarin, um, but, you know, even some of the, the depth guys, Philip Heedle's been great. The power play mm-hmm. has been really good. Adam Fox has been, you know, Adam Fox hasn't been great defensively in this series. I think the best her, uh, Rangers defenseman defensively has been Keandre Miller. I thought the same thing. I was thinking he's that been tonight. Awesome. He's been great. Heedle's been, he, been great to watch. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a good player. I don't yeah. think he's... You know, I, he's not going to get the the publicity that Panarin or Lafreniere or any of those guys is going to get. But he's uh, he's a, he's a Taylor Cherovinen type, right? You know, nobody's going to really talk about him, but he comes through with with big plays when they need them. And he's you know, this is twice now that he's had big goals in the series, and two tonight, one in uh, one back at the uh, opening games of the series, and he's that line that that Kako. 
Lafreniere and, and, um, and Heedle, the guy we've been talking about, I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Um, that line is just given the hurricanes fits and it tends to be out there against the third defensive pairing. I think more often than not, just because, you know, the, the Shea and Pesci pairing typically gets the quieter, uh, you know, Kreider Panarin type assignments and credit to them. They've taken advantage of it. And, you know, that really makes things a lot more difficult when you're getting that depth scoring as the Hurricanes know all too well. Um, you know, when you've got those types of guys going, that makes you that much harder to beat. The And that line has just really killed the Hurricanes a couple times this series and definitely did tonight for sure. Yeah, uh, they have, for the most part, drawn the third pair and also – uh, the fourth line at times, um, the Kokaniemi line with Martinuk and tonight Max Domi. Like I don't know if Rod's going to make any lineup changes. Um, I would like to see Derek Stepan draw back in. I agree. And, I think I I'm surprised he hasn't been. I, I'm surprised he wasn't in Game Five. I really was. I mean, you know, you can you can nitpick it because they won, but. I, I think that Stefan should be in the lineup on, on Monday. If I were Rod, and uh, he's much smarter than I, I would I would go full crazy eights on my fourth line, and I would send Derek Stepan out with Stephen Lawrence and Jordan Martinuk, and let those guys just throw their bodies around. Let their guys let those guys just be that guy, those guys mm-hmm. for you know, eight minutes. They ain't going to play a lot. We know, we know Rod's going to play three lines on, yeah. on Monday. We yeah. know that. Yeah. There are, there, there are going to be, let me do the math here. You should never do math on the air kids. Uh, nine and four is 13 skaters that are going to be skated into the ground on Monday night. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the top four uh, defenders and the top nine forwards, they're going to play got it. the overwhelming majority of the minutes. So over under on twenty six for Jacob Slavin. Give me the over. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think you're going to see you're going to see five guys, three defenders get at least twenty five minutes. I don't think they'll go that way with D'Angelo. Last thing before uh, before I let Brian LeBlanc go. Tony D'Angelo was excellent in the Boston series. He has not been excellent in the Rangers. <laughs> no, he has been. I, the 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 games he's either been okay or bad. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, in the Boston never, series, he was except for Game Four where he lost his mind, and actually I had no problem with it. Um, he was okay or excellent, and that's been the difference in the Hurricanes, I think, in this series because D'Angelo maybe it's just being in New York playing against the Rangers. Maybe he just hasn't been able to unwrap himself around it. It's possible. I mean, I don't know. There's you can you can kind of look at that in conjunction with the power play struggles because he's the way that the Hurricanes power play is designed. He's so that that position, which is the one he occupies more often than not, is so integral to yeah. the success of that power play. And when he doesn't have it, and he's you know he's as guilty as anyone of being slow in, in making decisions and bobbling pucks that he really shouldn't be. And, you know, it seems like the Rangers are really trying to kill penalties by being aggressive on the point men and not allowing guys to get into the middle, you know, just kind of keeping them on the outside. And D'Angelo has been rattled a lot with stuff like that. And, you know, will kind of, you know, kind of compounded by trying to, by, by trying to recover and then, you know, making a worse mistake that springs a breakaway or a, an odd man break the other way or something like that. And we've seen that over and over again. And tonight, I mean, you, you can't take, should it be a penalty to shoot into an empty net after a whistle? Probably not. But you also need to know that you're Tony D'Angelo. There's 19,000 screaming people shouting your name with an expletive. And you've got a target on your back, whether or not that's deserved or not. And you've got to be aware of that. You've got to have the awareness to know that, people are going to be looking at you more stringently than they might if it were, I don't know, Brett Pesci shooting that puck into an empty net. I mean, no, probably no one would care. But because it's D'Angelo and because everybody's kind of got one eye on it, especially in a game that's kind of getting out of hand and you know that 
you know, he's got a reputation as being a hothead. Sometimes that reputation is reality. And he's got to be more self-aware than to do stuff like that. You know, that's, that's the type of thing that costs teams games and costs them playoff series. Did that cost him the game tonight? No, but it certainly didn't help him. And again, now you're down to one game, and are you going to get good Tony or are you going to get bad Tony? And the, the outcome of the series may, may well turn in large part on what the answer to that question is. Yeah, if, they, uh, if they can play similarly to the way they played in Game 5, if they can play the way they played against Boston in Game 7, I think they'll be okay. Um, but it's hard to be you know, as clinical defensively as they have been in those games. Game two against the Rangers at home was a defensive masterpiece. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and game five was uh, maybe even better. Um, but they have to be good. They have to be good in game, uh, in game seven again. And at some point, the pattern will break. At some point, <laughs> the, the home team is not going to win a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that the Hurricanes have one more in them, uh, but I know this for a fact. Even if they can win Game Seven to uh, on Monday, this stuff ain't gonna work. Nope. <laughs> ain't, ain't gonna work <laughs> in two weeks. Nope. Just no chance, man. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a different, absolute different beast. So uh, anyway, Brian LeBlanc, contributing writer, Canes Country. Uh, thank you very much for doing this, even though you have not brought any good uh, luck in terms of wins. No, we talked about that. They, they, <laughs> I'm, I'm one and two. Uh, I don't believe you. Listen, for some for for someone for someone from Cleveland, being one and two is you know you're only one game away from 500. That That's is the true. Way you look at that it. is true. All yeah. right, I'll give you uh, I'll give you one and two. Uh, it's still th- it's, it's you're we're still batting 333. That's not good. Well, it would be good if we were actually batting 333. Well, you know you're 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 always just a single away from being the best hitter in the history of Major League Baseball. So uh, we'll get it that way. You're a gentleman. I appreciate your time. Ah, and on AG, vacation, no less. You're on vacation. Yeah. You're doing this. I am. You're, all right. Best to the family. I'll talk to you later. Thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. All right, before we get out of here, let's uh, see what the head coach had to say. Um, Again, could have been so much different if Sebastian Ajo or Tavo Teravainen gets one of those to go early. It's a, kind of an old story at this point, but uh, this just not a, another bad start on the road seemed to put you guys behind from the beginning. Well, I'll, I'll disagree with you, and that it wasn't a bad start because our first few shifts, we I think Otto has the breakaway. You know, it's it's then we they come down and get that one. I think that's you know, a bad start as far as we're behind, but we we came out pretty well um, again. It's just you know, he, you got to give him credit. He made a couple good saves to keep him in, and then they got going and. We got behind again, and then that, that's where it got tough. I mean, on that note, Ronce has been so good for you guys throughout the postseason, but when the other guy's playing as well as he is, it's not the kind of night where he can let a couple of those in. Yeah, I'm sure he'd like to have those back. You know, um, This time of year, I mean, it's tough. You, know, <laughs> you got to, you know, I guess you'd say make those saves maybe, but it's, uh, you know, it's behind us now. We turn the page and... Well, the good news is we don't have to end on that. I mean, we got another shot here. I assume Ronta's your starter for Game Seven. <laughs> Give me a day to figure it out, but yes, he'll be starting. <laughs> and then, uh, as a follow-up to that, uh, you I mean you know him obviously better than we do. How confident are you about him shaking off a performance like this for a Game well, Seven? It's, 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 uh, if you're going to go down in the game, these are the easy ones to just let go because we, you know we, once we got behind, we never really got going again and there's a lot of guys didn't play very well so it's a lot easier to shake off a game like that than a game where you're you know right in and something bad happens my favorite thing there was let me think about it yes Ronta is starting it's useless to even argue the hurricanes couldn't dream of getting better goaltending than they have gotten in this postseason from monte ronta freddie anderson would not have played better than Antti Ranta played in this postseason. If we got this goaltending from Freddie, 
we'd be like, oh, yeah. Durante ain't the problem. So I'll just say this. If it's me, Stepan draws in, Lawrence draws in. Martinook stays in, that's your fourth line. Domi comes out, Kotkaniemi comes out. I know you can make an argument that Martin Natchez hasn't done anything, and I get it. I am here for that argument, because you're right, he hasn't. But they're going to leave Natchez in the game. Natchez is a good penalty killer. Natchez still has dynamic ability, even if he's on mental walkabout. And honestly, I just, I would put the most reliable guys on the ice. The most reliable guys on the ice. And you can't bench everybody. <laughs> uh, but I think the defensive core will stay the same, and I think Ronta will be in net. And with that said, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating and a review, and that's fine if you don't, but just follow us so it shows up in your phone. And I hope you have a great Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, and I hope you have a better Memorial Day, and I'll talk to you after Game 7. Another Game 7. Hey, on the bright side, the Hurricanes, the Carolina Hurricanes, I've never lost a game seven. That's the bright side. If you want to be law of averages guy, you can. I'm not going to argue with you. You know me. I don't believe in that anyway. So we'll see everybody after the game Monday night. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.